Hello there, MNBC Church family. This is Pastor Spencer uh, talking with you today. I'm with Pastor Scott um, here on the uh, the podcast. Oh, that's my, that's my uh, reading through the New Testament music there, Scott. You like that? I, I didn't know what it was I was pressing. I just wanted to press a button. Listen. It's kind of catchy. And it's in French. So I don't know what they're saying. So I guess we'll let it play for a second. Listen. That's French? It is. It's some it's some French band in Quebec that I stole this from. I didn't steal it. It was free. It was free. Um, yeah, you know, common creative use. You can use it. But be honest i didn't know what they were saying yeah so i just played the i just played the instrumental version so that i have, sounds like the macarena yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um anyway yeah there's 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 different ones you know like this is this is also from them <laughs> yeah. that's hilarious it's french yeah it's all french yeah. how did you hear about it or how'd you find I was them searching online so there's free there's French folk music. No, there's like a free, you know, a free common create. You know, you have to because if you're going to do this for the podcast, you got to find stuff that doesn't require a license. And so that was on one of those websites for free Creative Commons. You're, you're so legal. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't want to go to in trouble or whatever. So, um, <laughs> so thank you for joining us uh, today for our midweek discussion. Um, right now, we're going to talk together about um, a sermon that was preached Sunday night mm-hmm. by our brother Dave Stanley. Yeah. He was uh, gracious enough to fill in. Pastor Tim was sick, um, not able to be there, so uh, Pastor Dave filled in on, or not Pastor Dave, uh, Mr. Dave uh, Stanley, our brother here at the church, filled in um, in the evening. Uh, for him, and he preached from Psalm 19, um, a great psalm, as he pointed out, a psalm of David. The first six verses, uh, Dave pointed out, uh, are about general revelation, the revelation that's found in creation and that is available to all men. And then the second part, uh, particularly verses 7 through 11, talks to us about the special revelation of Scripture. Um, the law of the Lord, and and he did a great job of really, I think, communicating his um, and the psalmist's appreciation for Scripture, why it's important in our lives as believers and as a church, and um, yeah, you could just, you just really, he just really communicated that well. I felt like, and you could really see his heart, and and as he was expounding to us from the Scripture about the importance of, of God's Word. So, Scott, what did you think about the sermon, and um, anything stick out to you? You know, one of the things I was thinking about as I was listening to Dave talk, and this is, by no, this is to some people, this might sound like um, a complaint or a critique, but it's not. It's something that I think a lot of pastors strive for and are not good at. Dave is really good at speaking plainly and simply mm-hmm. to get the point across. Yeah, he just says it; it makes sense; it's clear. I just, I felt like he did a really good job of that. Yeah, in his sermon. Yeah, and I I really appreciated that because a lot of what you see here in this psalm is not fancy stuff. Right, it's just what the truth is. Correct. Right. He explained general revelation so clearly. Yeah, he had some really good illustrations about aliens. Yeah, which my dad loves that show. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> ancient aliens oh, and but you know he did the same thing with special revelation and just mm-hmm. talking through that and i just it was just a 
it was a sermon that was really easy to listen to. It yeah. wasn't work. Um, and so I, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Good point. So um, the first part, obviously, is general revelation. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. And one of the things he uh, talked about is how, like, with the sun and, and with the sky, you can't get away from it. It's found everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, hence the word general um, to all men. It's universal in that sense. Um, how important is general revelation to us, and what are the limits and the benefits of general revelation, do you think, Scott, and kind of uh, coming off of Dave's sermon? Well, one of the things he talked about, he referenced Romans chapter 1, yeah, which talks about how general revelation is a witness to all of humanity, mm-hmm. no matter where they are. And he kind of talked about this, no matter yeah. where you are on the earth, the sun, you can see the sun. Yeah. There, there's like one place on the earth where you can't see the sun just for a little bit throughout the year, oh, like okay. at one of the poles, right? Yeah, yeah But probably. his point is, and it makes sense, um, it reveals that there is something greater out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a creator somewhere. There is a power somewhere. And that those are very general terms because it's general mm-hmm. revelation. It it speaks to our hearts as humans to know that we are accountable to something out there. Yeah. Um, and even those that have no knowledge of the God of the Bible are able to see that and recognize mm-hmm. that. But David made a really good point. You asked what are some of the limitations of that. General revelation, I've heard it said before, has is enough to condemn us, mm-hmm. but not enough to save us. Mm-hmm. It's enough to let us know that there is a God out there but it doesn't tell us how to know that God mm-hmm. or anything personal about that God mm-hmm. necessarily. Yeah. That's a limitation. Yeah, that's what Paul says in Romans 1. He says uh, we are without excuse mm-hmm. now because we can see in the created things that have been made um, characteristics that there is a God. And we look at the universe and we look at ourselves, and Paul says that Whenever we look at Revelation now, generally around us, it also reveals the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, so we also realize that there is something wrong with the universe. What, and different cultures are trying to define that, but everyone agrees that not everything is the way it should be. And there is a God behind that or some invisible being, or in case of, I guess, if you're a polytheist, beings, um, but there is something that is out of whack in the universe and, and things need to be put back. And so to greater or lesser extents, we receive general revelation. And um, some some cultures, you know, some philosophers are able to get closer at the mark than others, but still it's very small compared to what we're told about God in special mm-hmm. revelation found yeah. in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so he mentioned... Um, uh, scripture a lot talked about it then. And as we go here into beginning of verse 7, he talks about the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Um, thoughts about Scripture or what Dave uh, talked about Scripture? Um, what do you think about these? One of the things he pointed out is that there's of the Lord is mentioned over and over here in in the verses, the law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the rules of the Lord. Um, and it's very interesting. Each of these things um, are describing Scripture from various angles, the mm-hmm. law, the testimony, the precepts. One of the ones that always kind of is interesting to me is that Scripture is the fear of the Lord. 
so that's there he's not describing our subjective appropriate response to the bible but it itself is the fear of the lord and it reminds me of there's that um in the book of genesis jacob is described uh, he he god is described as the fear of isaac um, the capital F fear. So he's the object of the fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and similarly here, Scripture itself is the fear of the Lord. Um, it is the thing that reveals to us God and is sh- supposed to move us to an appropriate reverential fear and trust in in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does Scripture do that general revelation can't do? I mean, it reveals to us the truth about God and who God is, the truth about who we are. I mean, you you mentioned that everyone, all of humanity recognizes that there's a problem, mm-hmm. but they all try to define the problem differently. Scripture, yeah. God's revealed word, tells us what the problem is. Yeah, It is our sin. Mm-hmm. We are fallen creatures because of sin. And so it, it tells us all of those things. It reveals to us the, the necessity or the necessary information to tell us what the problem is, but also how God has rectified that problem. Yeah. The the path that he has. Mm-hmm. You know, so like how general revelation is enough to condemn us, but not to save us. Mm-hmm. Rev- special revelation is what we call it, mm-hmm. is what we need to save us. Mm-hmm. It is not just the God who is out there, but is the God who is not silent and yeah. he has spoken to us. Right. He has revealed himself to us. We can know him in a personal way. Mm-hmm. Now, where is that special revelation found? In Scripture. Scripture, right. Um, and I think that's really important because that's where we, we we believe God has taken his word because it wasn't always in Scripture form. No. It was spoken to the patriarchs, right? We read about that. And it really wasn't inscripturated, put down in writing until around Moses, right? He seems to be the, the first writer of Scripture. Mm-hmm. So, um, which that always just go ahead, brother, real quick. Yeah. That actually, as I, you know, as you look at verses seven through eleven, David talking about the law of the Lord reviving mm-hmm. his soul. We don't often, I mean, what da- what is David talking about right here? The Bible. Well, yeah, he's talking about the Bible, but not the Bible as we have it. Mm. Yeah, the Old Testament. Yeah, the Old Testament, and uh, primarily probably the first five books of the Bible. Correct. And when we read that, we don't often think right. of it in like romantic terms, like what you see right, here. Right. We don't talk like as he'll talk later. It's like uh, more to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey mm-hmm. and the drippings of the honeycomb. And th- that's one of the things that strikes me mm-hmm. about these verses is that David's not talking about Matthew and Mark and Luke and John mm. and Acts. Like when he wrote this. He's talking about like the the most likely the first five books of the Bible that we often look at and think those are boring. Right. The, these don't revive my soul. Mm-hmm. The, you know, I fall asleep reading these things. Hmm. But that is how God had revealed Himself, and that's right. how He knew God. And um, it just I find that convicting to think about that. Um, and it tells me, you know, how far my heart often is from the Lord. That's a good point, Scott. I never thought of it like that angle. Um, yeah, because you stop back, you sit back, and you think, yeah, what would I think about God if I only had the first five books at this you know time or whatever had been written up to this point? And what I think you would do is you would definitely be meditating a lot more on those first five books, whatever you've got. Yeah, 
you're definitely going to be thinking and hearing those read and considering everything that's revealed there. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah. too, that also reveals a little bit about, based on where I'm at in redemptive history, yeah. having the complete Scripture yeah. with the New Testament, we often forget, like, I think David's able to rejoice in having mm-hmm. the law of the Lord because it's not... We often think of Scripture as like the dichotomy of the bad God of the Old Testament, the good yeah. God of the New Testament. The God of the Old Testament is the God of wrath. The God mm-hmm. of the New Testament is the God of grace. And that's not true. Right. You know, all of the law is based upon God's grace. Mm-hmm. He tells the Israelites before he gives them the Ten Commandments, I rescued you from Egypt. Right. You know, I saved you. And so right. it's... Uh, Reflecting on and becoming familiar with the Old Testament, you see more and more that God's grace is there. Yeah, yeah. You get to and and, and actually you get to know Jesus better mm-hmm. by reading the mm-hmm. Old Testament, and and that's what David was doing. David found, um, I mean, really, if we would meditate upon the Book of Leviticus, we would probably find that it actually does revive our soul. Mm-hmm. Um, if we would meditate on what is being taught there and pointed to. Um, all, all of those things. And, and Scripture also is multifaceted. Um, that's one of the reasons why I think he uses all sorts of different terms for it. It's the law, it's mm-hmm. the testimony, it's the precepts, the commandment, the fear, the rules. Um, scripture is is beautiful in all of its multi, multi-facets. And you even see that in the first five books of the Bible. Like you're ta- playing off that again further, is you would have narrative stories, but then you would have... Um, rules and regulations, particularly the ones that are related to worship in Leviticus, mm-hmm. you'd have um, a rehash of of all the whole their whole experience in Deuteronomy. So you've got multiple genres. You've got songs. Uh, I think about the Song of Moses mm-hmm. um, in Exodus 15, right after they've been redeemed through the Red Sea. So you've got multiple um, multiple genres, different types of writing already in the first five books. Just highlighting again the. Um, the variety and diversity that God does use to reach us mm-hmm. um, um, as his as His people. Um, he also pointed out there in verses 10 and 11, and this is, he's, uh, he further d- talked about what the scripture here says is the desire that we're to have for scripture. Mm-hmm. It's to be more desired than gold and also sweeter than honey. Um, how do we get that desire? How do we... How can we help ourselves to appreciate Scripture more? Um, because we have to foster that. We have to pray for that. How do we stir ourselves up to do that, Scott? Well, I mean, you just said it, but I, th- I think the first thing I would say is that you have to ask God to mm-hmm. help you. Um, that was actually one of the things that on our D-Now retreat in the morning, the, the students do a personal devotion and you know, they're about to go through a full day of studying the Bible, and that can be hard and tiresome, mentally draining. And sometimes it's we honestly just don't want mm-hmm. to do that. And I, I think the place you start is by asking God to help you change your desires. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, God, I don't feel like reading this today. This doesn't seem desirable to me today, but I know that I should desire it. Mm-hmm. And so would you, would you change my heart mm-hmm. in that? Would you... Would you just work in me, mm-hmm. you know, to do what I can't muster up in myself? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, some days, sure, maybe you can, but other days, it's just like, I can't do this. Right. And you need God's help. I mm-hmm. think that's where you start. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I also think the more, I'll just say no, this go, real quick, the more, because you had already mentioned this also, that the more familiar, like it, you said earlier, meditating on Leviticus, 
you, you will see how enjoyable it is. Mm-hmm. I think the more time you spend in mm-hmm. Scripture, the more desirable it will become to mm-hmm. you. You will mm-hmm. develop it. It's like an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. You will develop a taste for it. Right. It's like coffee. Exactly. I mean, coffee works for such a great biblical analogy. <laughs> um, and and those who don't like coffee, I, th- I feel like are like those people that don't like the Bible. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> um, or those people that only drink coffee with a ton of sweetener. In yeah. It. It's like they, right. they like the Bible, but only when it has a lot of fluff. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Well, that's a... <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you could preach that all day long, um, but also, and, and it's also the coffee, right? You drink it, especially whenever it's not decaf, it, it energizes you. Yeah, it gets you going. Um, so, yeah, more to be desired today than gold. One of the things too I think about um, is uh, there's a, <clears throat> a, uh, okay, George Herbert was a was a. English poet in yeah. like 1600s. I know who George yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's got this collection of poems called The Temple. And it's interesting. It starts with the, the order of the poems is laid out like it's as if you're approaching church, right? So there's an external thing as you're approaching the door. But then the first poem, theoretically, I guess, is you're like going into worship God is called The Altar. The second one is called The Sacrifice. And the poem, I love it. It opens up, and it's cool because he actually wrote the poem, and it's shaped like an altar. Mm. Even the poem itself with the words, it's really cool. And it's like, I forget the words exactly, but it's like, a broken altar thy servant rears. Um, and it's of, uh, but the point is, he's playing off the imagery of the fact of an altar in the Old Testament was supposed to be of unhewn stones. And it was supposed to, you weren't supposed to try to make it pretty, you weren't supposed to try to cover it up with gold, mm-hmm. right? Just, Unhewn meaning uh, that, like, you just pick up a rock exactly. and put it there. You don't exactly. shape it. Yeah. Right. It is as it is. You take the rock as it is. You, you put it up there, and you stack it up. And he's describing his heart and who he is as being like that altar. Um, um, <clears throat> he says, eventually, he says, A heart alone is such a stone as nothing but thy power doth cut. So with each part of my hard heart meets in this frame to praise thy name. Mm. So I come just as I am, like we sing in that hymn, right? Just, But we come broken, hard-hearted even at times, and he says, um, uh, a heart alone is such a stone, as nothing but thy power doth cut. So with, with each part of my hard heart meets in this pr- frame to praise thy name. I, and something like that, if I chanced uh, that I don't praise you, may these stones praise you instead. Mm. And then he says, um, oh, let this blessed sacrifice be mine, talking about Christ, and sanctify this altar to be thine. Mm. So the thing that makes me holy then is the fact of Christ coming to me, and I can be as hard as whatever and uh, to God, but whenever I look to God and say, please put the sacrifice on me, and then that brings life to my soul. Mm-hmm. Similarly with the Bible, come and read it as you are and trust that God somehow, some way, through the power of the Spirit and through prayer is going to rehabilitate your soul once again, mm-hmm. to renew it, to apply Christ to you through Scripture. And then you will taste and see that the Lord is good. But initially, just fight your own fleshly desires and say, you know what, but I still got to go to this yeah. because I know I know that once I'm there, 
God's going to change me. Yeah. And it's going to be a blessing there. Yeah. That was, that was the essential message of a book that I once read called When I Don't Desire God. Hmm. Uh, it just appeared in my life when I was really just, you know, you use the phrase like spiritually dry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I just, I'm getting kind of tired. I'm bored. I, I don't really want to do this. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes like Christians get to that point and they think like, well, something's wrong with me. Yeah. Well, yeah, something is wrong with you. Mm. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're doomed. You know, right. like I think sometimes people will start to doubt their salvation, especially when like, I think that can be true. Like, because oftentimes when we're preaching or teaching, one of the things that we as pastors will emphasize is for people to get into the Word of God themselves, mm-hmm. to read it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're encouraging people, like I played that music at the beginning of this, right. for people to do the New Testament reading sure. plan. And I think sometimes when Christians, they hear that, that <clears throat> they should be doing that, but they don't have a desire to do that. Mm-hmm. And that makes them think, well, what if I'm not a Christian then? Mm. And But like what you said is so true. It's like, well, when you don't desire God, Still go to his word mm-hmm. and just trust that he is going to work on your heart. Mm-hmm. And because that is how he works, is through his word. Right. And it has a way of softening and Christ sanctifying your heart through that. And also, that is faith, isn't it? Yeah, that's what you're doing. You're approaching it in faith. Right. I'm confident that God is going to do something that I can't do. Yeah. And um, and it doesn't mean it's immediate. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it might take a long time or a while. Um. But yeah, but and also just reminding yourselves that uh, reminding ourselves of the value of scripture and the taste of scripture. And Dave was encouraging us to get in the Word as well to mm-hmm. be to appreciate scripture in all the ways that we can as individuals and as a church, um, <clears throat> and, and such. The psalmist here closes with uh, the fact that after he's been in the scripture. He then says, who can discern his errors? Mm-hmm. Declare me innocent from hidden faults. So he's coming back to God um, and closing here towards the back here of seeking to honor God with his life on the one hand through obedience, but also realizing that he still falls short and he still needs the grace. So while he wants to honor God, he realizes he can't do it perfectly and he still needs God's grace every day. Um, and that's why at the very end, he prays to God as his rock and as his redeemer yeah. at the very end. Thoughts about those closing verses, Scott? I mean, it just comes full circle to what we said at the very beginning. You have general revelation, which reveals to you, something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, mm-hmm. but I know something is, and I know that there's something out there that I am answerable to. Well, then special revelation... And it's not your wife. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you said that, not me. Okay, go, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> but then, like, right, you have special revelation, which is God revealing the truth to you about who you are, who he is, what your problem is, but that there is a solution out there. And when you see this all the time, when you have an encounter of special revelation with God, mm-hmm. like you in like the instances you see in the in the scriptures, but also mm-hmm. when we personally encounter that through scripture itself, the one thing that becomes very, very clear to us is I need to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Because if this is who God is, and if this is what's wrong with me, I am at his mercy. Yeah. And I need his forgiveness. And the good news of the gospel is that he offers that forgiveness mm-hmm. to us in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So I just think it kind of brings it full circle. It does. That's, this feeling is what happens when you encounter special revelation. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we, <clears throat> yeah, he says, keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. I shall be blameless and innocent of 
great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Because that really is the the desire of every believer, to be um, acceptable in God's sight. And we realize, like you've pointed out, that that only comes as we are in Christ, seen in them, and then um, we want to live our lives underneath that special revelation in light of it. Um, And that's what always, our, our relationship with God is always mediated through Scripture in this world, right? It's always mediated through the book and through prayer and through the person of Christ, but he speaks to us through the Scriptures. And so as we live our lives under Scripture, um, as we read it every day, as we pray in light of it, as we come to church and hear it read and taught, um, we are coming, it's an encounter with God. Those are encounters with the true and the living triune God. And so we want to be acceptable in his sight, but also to receive his great grace mm. that he gives to us every every single time. Okay, any closing thoughts before we wrap up? Or Okay. All right, well, we hope Pastor Tim... Uh, <clears throat> is able to uh, get back soon. Um, you know, he's weak right now. And so we really, we really hope that he's able to uh, come back and, uh, and uh, be strong again, yeah. be strong like we are. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll, and, and um, next week we'll probably have our Super Bowl picks. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I, I know uh, the 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 Bengals are playing yeah, in the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah. yeah, I know that. Yeah, that's your hometown team. No, kind of, really. kind of. They're the closest. Ohio. They're Ohio. closest. <laughs> they are the closest. The closest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'll, so I'll probably root for them. Yeah, who are they playing? <laughs> I really don't know that other team. <laughs> the Titans. The Rams. Oh, the Rams. Okay, yeah. that's your team, isn't it? No, no. It's, oh, that's right. You hate them. I rooted for the St. Louis Rams. Yeah, I don't. I don't root for the. We're not gonna. This is a Christian podcast, so we're not gonna talk about those things right now. But um, the Rams will sacrifice. I will be rooting for the Bengals. Let's just put it that way. Great. I am rooting for the Bengals See? and the Cincinnati Chili. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, Skyline Chili. So it'll be a. Uh, hey, you know what? If they win the Super Bowl, think about it—a Super Bowl of chili. Oh wow! Or something like that. I'm sure there'll be some advertisement. <laughs> you know what we should do? If I have a Super Bowl party, oh, I feel like I need to do this now, and everything needs to be skyline chili. Oh boy, pizza! That sounds awesome. Put it on dipping some your crust in skyline chili. <laughs> Doesn't that sound so good? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have some pepperoni pizza on the side <laughs> or something just to... Well, it can be pepperoni pizza, but you're just Ew. dipping your crust in it. Yeah, do you mix that with Velveeta as well? Do you ever do that? We're doing it. It's <laughs> have you happening. ever done that? No, I'm not. We can make nachos with that. Nachos with Skyline Chili. At one Super Bowl party <clears throat> I was at, we legit made a kiddie pool nacho platter. We used a kiddie pool for the platter. and it was just serious? It was just a whole kiddie pool, like as big as this table for of nachos. Whoa. It was good. We what? ate it all. We ate it all. I like guacamole too, by the way. So It was on there. Yeah, it was on there? Yeah. I like guacamole. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, yeah, you'll you'll hear our Super Bowl picks and score predictions next week, um, I'm sure. And uh, we look forward to uh, being with you. Thanks for listening. Take care. God bless.